going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of the Grave Consequences Podcast. Of course, a podcast centered around Lucha Underground. We're here to review Season 2, Episode 20 of the show, and it is titled The Contenders. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. Follow my co-host, producer, and friend Greg at XMaserati on Twitter. Um, follow at GC underscore cast as well. Um, we have a Gmail. I think it's like grave consequences pod at gmail.com. Hit that Self? up if you want to. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll read those emails for sure. Um, also check out everything else here on the social suplex podcast network, including as of recording on, you know, October 28th, uh, new to the network podcast, the AEW match guide podcast hosted by Sir Sam from the uh, Wrestling Headlines, formerly Lords of Pain website. I was wondering who was doing that. I saw that when I was uh, uploading our videos. I was like, I thought, because I I didn't remember anyone talking about it. Yeah. Uh, But that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) I thought Floyd was just trying to double his his numbers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Floyd's just gumming the numbers up, man. Um, Bro, it is wild to think it's been almost three years since AEW started. It has? Jeez. Well, yeah, and I think the pandemic kind of, you know, drug everything out. But, but yeah, it's been almost three years. It's it like they released their little YouTube video on, I think, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve of 20... Uh, New Year's Eve of 2018, New Year's Day 2019, whatever. Um, but, hey, we're not here to talk about AEW. We're, we are here to talk about the future stars of AEW in 2016 and actually the first segment didn't feature anyone from AEW at least as of yet uh this first segment we had Dario Cueto in his office talking to Black Lotus and you know Black Lotus is like hey Azteca Jr. knows where Matanza is at and he wants to kill him he says that Matanza is responsible for killing my parents. Dario hears this and immediately just goes into gaslighting mode. And for some reason, I mean, Lotus is getting, it seems like she's getting the tiniest bit suspicious, but she's still not catching on. No, she's pretty stupid. I mean, we're, let's yeah. just call her stupid. I mean, she's yeah. like, are you, she's like, Hey, he said that, you know, it was, it was actually you that, that or Matanza that killed my parents. And, she's like are you sure you're not lying to me he's like yeah but at the same time like didn't dragon azteca trained her didn't he yeah yeah he trained her but he also kidnapped her yeah it dude she's stupid it's a really weak plot line 
and they're finally getting around to answer questions about it. Oh, it sounds like a snowstorm's happening over there. Over here? Yeah, a lot of static. You're kind of... Yeah, I can't even hear what you're saying. You're all muffled. Well, anyway, uh, Caleb's muted himself, but I think he's having some technical issues. But this this whole storyline... It's a technical difficulties. Wow, you actually sound way better than usual. Yeah, I do. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, sorry, I was uh, trying a particular set of headphones and, uh, they're actually working to do the opposite of what they were supposed to do. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, they did, a, they, they accomplished that. I believe they set up a match for Ultima Lucha, Ultima Lucha Dos here in Black Lotus versus El Dragon Azteca Jr. So that's the first confirmed match of Ultima Lucha Dos. This is just a stupid plot line like it's just it's just asking a lot and we're not gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna do my best not to compare it to something in aew but uh-huh. it's it's just really asking a lot of the viewer to just kind of like trust us and it's it, we're in season two we're about 20 episodes in the season two there was like what 40 episodes in the first season yeah and there's only 26 in this one so we're we're at 20 so it's about 60 episodes it, that's enough time to fix things, I don't care. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, let's move on. The Voodoo Glow Skulls are, of course, they're here. And later tonight, we're actually going to have a nunchuck match. So that sounds awesome. And I, when I heard that, I was like, yes, I need more of this. Uh, but ultimately, I kind of eat my words i guess well okay before we get there though melissa is in the ring and she's introducing marty and marty's like breathing on her the whole time and eventually melissa just runs off and marty you know starts to uh you know just kind of be a creep and he (laughs) he's like begging for kill shot to come out at one point the crowd gets silent and one fan in particular yells, you're weird, Marty. <laughs> I love that part. That popped me. That popped me too, bro. And it popped the crowd as well. Um, Marty eventually begs for kill shot. And he's he even makes this crappy like, oh, unless you've gone AWOL. <laughs> yeah. And then kill shot is behind Marty this whole time, which leads to our first match of the night. But it's a short one. Marty the Moth versus Killshot. There's nothing here. This is just a stunt, just a brawl outside of the ring. Leads to a short double countout and a brawl after the bell. Killshot eventually can get his dog tags back, but he's like lollygagging around. He's holding them and he's lollygagging. Got his back completely turned to Marty. And of course, Marty wakes up and uh, gets the better of him and gets his dog, gets pardon me, gets kill shots, dog tags back. I, I was lost because I didn't even hear the bell ring for the match to start, but it rung like right after kill shot hit him. And they were in the ring when he hit him. Yes. OK, I mean, it, like you said, it, this was a nothing. It's not even worth rating. Well, yeah, it's just meant to uh, I would assume extend this to Ultima Lucha Dos, but we'll see. 
after that, we have got a, an interview for Mr. Cisco, who is being held, you know, because he got arrested. Um, and Cortez and the captain, they want him to wear a wire. And he's like, yo, I ain't no snitch. You know, snitches get stitches, that sort of thing. And, <laughs> oh, man. and eventually, you know, they're going to leave. And he's like, they're like, have fun. You know, you're going rot, to rot in a cell. And, <laughs> you know, they, they start to leave. And Cisco's like, well, you know what? You know, what What are the charges anyway? They, they run off this laundry list of, of charges they have on them. And Earth could get him on. And <laughs> then they end with, you know what? And it's even worse. His success could bring about the demise of, like, the planet. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they don't do a... established by the goofy head by not not head cannon by the goofy cannon of Lucha Underground. The Antichrist has a vested interest in the temple. Around the yeah, and they haven't really shown, which is good. You don't always want to show a lot, but uh, it, it I, I think it's also still asking a lot. Because they're trying to be serious with this undercover cop stuff. Yeah. But then they have supernatural stuff going on, but they're not really showing you. Like, me and you know what's going on, because we've seen season four. Yeah. But they they really take their time with it. And, and they and I don't think, I'm not implying that they should have sped up. But, but on Pawn First Watch, it doesn't really mean much. If this was your first time watching this, you'd be like, oh, okay. End of days. Cool. Well, on first watch, it's like, oh, they're just exaggerating. But it's like, no, this is this is to be taken serious. Yeah, and it can be hard to tell because sometimes he gets real goofy with nunchuck matches, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, other nonsense. Uh, actually, with... that's funny because, and we're gonna get right into it. But I actually like the nunchuck match. I, I like the goofiness of it. You know, I normally would, but uh, me and you were talking, and these two episodes. We're kind of a slog to get through. Well, the next one's a one match episode, so it's like you gotta have something really good. You know, you can't give me something cookie cutter. It's gotta be really good if you're gonna keep me invested for an entire forty five minute time period. Yep. I, I, and it's not that I hated the nunchuck match, it's just I think it was one of those things where I, I've been watching a lot of wrestling. I've been watching stardom and MLW and uh, yeah. AEW and I've watched a GCW match. Uh, yep. I watched Jacob Fatu versus uh, Alex Hammerstone. Yeah. Uh, so it's just I've been watching a lot of wrestling. So when I got to this, you know, I I kind of wanted a little bit more. Fair enough. See, I've been doing just the opposite. I've been watching like the bare minimum of wrestling since the MLB playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, uh, go Braves, you know, two games into the World Series as of recording. Um, so for me, this was like a welcomed. Um, break from that because i've basically just been watching a lot of baseball so (laughs) i enjoyed the nunchuck match i particularly enjoyed because okay there were a lot of it was a big time stunt brawl there was a lot of high dives and everything and the technicos get the win but one particular spot i really enjoyed just for the goofiness of it jack you know looks at pj pj black oh by the way we didn't state already arrow star and drago versus pj black and jack evans i thought that was obvious by the 
you know, the way the story had been told. Anyway, Jack, uh, Jack Evans, not Jack Black, pardon me, looks at PJ Black and he yells, PJ, nunchucks. And they both do air guitar and they add in the air guitar sound, fe- sound effect again. I, I love Worldwide Underground. I do like them a lot. They are really, better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is like Jack Evans and PJ Black are probably the best part of Worldwide Underground. Oh, easily. I mean, it's a my God, dude, if if imagine if Johnny Mundo came to AEW and they reformed Worldwide Underground, but they also had Angelico in there. Yeah. Or maybe they replaced PJ Black with Angelico because I think PJ Black's retired now. I'm pretty sure he is. Well, I was going to say maybe he's working for Ring of Honor, but I I think in about three months, hardly anyone will. Um, Pardon me. R.I.P. to a real one. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, he's either retired or on a Ring of Honor contract. But, yeah, I don't know. You you could, uh, I don't know, Johnny Mundo in any promotion, if he wanted to reform the Worldwide Underground, and they gave him, like, but do it in NXT even. I don't care. I know Johnny Mundo's in his 40s. His wife's already there. You know, get some some uh, young upstarts in the group. Have some fun, you know. That's the place to do it. You got guys like Braun Breaker and Andrew Chase and all these other guys. Worldwide Underground would fit perfectly, or some form of that would fit perfectly in NXT 2.0. Any place that has factions for long term, Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, next match was our main event of the evening. And my God, was this a clusterfuck. So this was a 12-man tag. And here's the thing. It's six on I say 12-man. 12-person. 12 12-luchador. 12 um, the winning six-person team would advance to a to an elimination match next week. And the winner of that would go to Ultima Lucha Dos to challenge Matanza Cueto for the Lucha Underground Championship. Now, here were the teams here. Prince Puma, Tejano, The Mac, Son of Havoc, Sexy Star, and Rey Mysterio Jr. Now, on the other side, and there's a mix here on the other side of... Rudos and Technicos. We've got Phoenix, Ivalice, King Cuerno, Taya, Johnny Mundo. And we thought, because we were introduced to Chavo Guerrero, but after Chavo Guerrero, all of a sudden Pentagon comes in on his uh, hover round <laughs> and the crowd pops for him, but they don't re- like, you know, I thought I heard a couple of you know, scoffs at the little scooter. <laughs> because you, you have to remember, they probably, no, guaranteed, they have not seen the vignettes of Pentagon in the uh, torture rehab. So they don't know what the hell this is supposed to be. You know, they actually, had they seen that, they might have laughed even harder. Because I laughed. Because I was <laughs> reminded how stupid those segments were, dude. Like, it's it's ridiculous what they I can't reiterate enough how ridiculous. no I, I want to reiterate that Vampiro cured his broken back where he couldn't move his legs by pouring hot wax and hitting yep. him with a baseball bat while he was hanging. 
Dude, they should have just gone full blown like some form of like you know you've seen Child's Play I assume a long time ago yeah Adue Dembala give me the power I beg of you something like that you know some sort of voodoo spell to heal us back dude that would have been cool that would have been interesting um, oh that would have been way better any kind of yeah it's the kind of environment to have mysticism you're right exactly you would have been able to take that remotely serious as compared to Ian Hodgkinson dressed up like Tobias from Ghost, you know, <laughs> pouring candle wax over Pentagon and singing him the Whisper song, I assume. But that's um, what you get when you get someone that is pretty much a poser. Like, I'm, if, if I'm going to be honest, like, has he been in vampire cults? Probably not. Someone that he's the vampire is the kind of guy that you go to high school with that claims to do all this cool, weird, well, he thinks it's cool, but all this weird, dark, edgy stuff. And then you find out he just hangs out in his bedroom all day. Yeah. You know, like it, he he goes, oh, this would be cool if I could be like, you know, a cult leader and I use all this mystical candle wax. And it's just it's what happens when people just don't check you and don't don't go like, well, that actually sounds stupid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I worry that particular writers on the show would have been scared to check in because, you know, by all accounts, like Vampiro seems it wouldn't surprise me if Vampiro was a bully in certain situations. I will say that. I can definitely see him being a bully because I think are we seen we've heard about him bullying people on the mic in like triple A and burying people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. This is just I I I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you're right. This this if if they if they were following it, they probably would have laughed harder. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, Pentagon says, you know what, Chavo, you believed in me when no one else would. And it's like, well, like, oh, you're you're playing him, right? Because like everyone knows he didn't believe in you. He was just using you. So I assume Pentagon, you know, was aware of that. and He's just kind of leading them on. Anyway, Pentagon steps up out of his scooter and just beats the shit out of Chavo, even breaks his arm. Yeah, it was kind of like, why would you even try to be friends with Pentagon? He's made it clear that he'll. It's he's a weird kind of face because he's his whole gimmick as a, I guess he's a face still. Uh, uh, here's the thing: he's definitely a face in reception. His actions have not changed since he started breaking arms. He's exactly. Doing- That's so. It's such a weird like. Not, he's not even anti-hero. He's just like I'm evil, and everyone's like, "Yay, we love well, you." To me, it's like a Steve Austin thing, you know, because like Stone Cold didn't really change his game up. You know, people just kind of started liking him. I could see that. I don't think Stone Cold was as sadistic, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you catch my drift, like, Pentagon is, his character is like, I'll kick puppies if they lick me, kind (laughs) of evil. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. But either way, Dario Cueto comes out and for some reason says, hey, you know what? You took out Chavo, and he's like, I guess I reward violence. So you know what? You can replace Chavo. And, you know, if you guys win, you go to the six to survive, which, by the way, I like puns. That's actually a pretty cool name for a six-pack challenge, in my opinion. Six to survive. Yeah, it should have been. I don't know if it's the name of the episode, but it should have been. It is the name of next week's episode. Um, Ah, okay. Anyway, uh. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, 
the mix of Rudos and Technicos get the win after Johnny Mundo steals it for them. And particularly, like, a, a lot of the Technicos seem to handle the loss, like, okay. But, like, Puma and Mysterio both seem pretty distraught in particular. Well, there was one spot where they made they made Mundo look really strong in this match. And I don't know if it was entirely intentional. Yeah. There's one part where he, as a heel, he goes in there, he's getting his ass kicked, but he gets taken to the face corner and he just, a, a, a switch flips and he grabs, I think, Puma and throws him into Ray Mysterio and knocks two of the faces out. He just yeah. all of a sudden goes into sicko mode and just beats the <laughs> shit out of everybody. And then he gets the win because he pushes uh, Ray and Ray and Puma are on the same page, and Ray is setting up Mundo, to, or he's setting up Puma to do his uh, six thirty. Yeah, but Mundo ends up kicking Ray into Puma, making him drop balls first on the turnbuckle. Of course, I, and then I forget what else he did, but he, he, like they're setting up that storyline too. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, we need a full card for Ultima Lucha. But, you know. Anyway. Because as soon as Pentagon came out, you know, I feel like anyone else would have been like, even a first-time viewer would be like, okay, well, clearly Pentagon's team has to win, right? You would think. Yeah. I mean, you know, they last time we saw Pentagon in the temple, he had his back broken against the champion. So it's, you assume he'd face the champion again. You know, that's the, uh, the F. Um, I mean, I was confused because I, you, you're right. They, they did say at one point that it's for the championship, but I missed yeah. it. I went through this whole episode going, what's the point of this? Like, I understood that it was like, you know, the winning team would fight each other. You know, I just, I actually just assumed that I was like, okay, they're probably going to have the winning team compete against each other. But I missed it the first couple times they must have said it because I was like, "What? What's the point?" Like, I felt like I missed an episode. Frankly, I was like, "I was like, did I skip an episode?" Like, I, <laughs> I had to go back and look. I was like, "No, we did episode 19. I was like, "What did I miss?" Because there was no setup for this match. They to- well, they totally mentioned it on commentary that like, hey, you know, the winning team faces each other, and the winner of that gets a shot at uh, Matanza. It's funny you say that because I think I've I've started blocking commentary out. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Hey, that's not all the episode yet because we see Katrina beside the trophy case, which was housing Mil Muertes, or as we call him, Millie. And she says, rise. She commands him to rise. And he does so, and his eyes are red. Did you see the cross-stitching in his mask? The red lace? I did not see that. It, I, he had like, he has like red cross stretching in, in his mask. And I was like, and I was thinking to myself, has his mask always looked like that? Or are they trying to imply like his mask was like cut in half somehow or, or something? I don't know. Well, his mask, what if you remember the, uh, yeah, the Graver Consequences match, he had his mask torn by, my oh, mom. you don't remember okay. that? I mean, I, I will grant. That was a, like a month ago now, but yeah. No, that makes sense. That's a good attention to detail on their part. Yeah. Yeah. You think the uh, taxidermist that Cuerno took him to did that for him? Dude, I laughed 
Because I was so I I just pictured my head coughing up those packing peanuts, and I was just (laughs) I was laughing so hard. I was like, "Oh my god!" I just because I sent Rich the uh, clip and has it on the YouTube, uh, and I just it was so fresh in my head. I was like, "My god, that would have been hilarious." Yeah, weekend at Millie's, my man. I didn't expect it to come back so soon. Well, again, it's one of those like. And look, this is a minor critique I will have of this season in particular. Um, they are not, it's not instant gratification, but it's pretty close to it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yeah. it's like Pentagon stands up out of his chair and then is immediately like put into a position where he, okay now he's only got to win one more match to challenge Matanza. It's like no, if you do that right, you could get so much juice out of that to like you you don't even have to have them face each other until like early on into season three, even quite frankly, like you don't have to do that match at Ultima Lucha Dose, which they may or may not be doing. Um, now that being said, you know, and you might ask like, well, what do you do in its stead? Here's what I would have done. You know, if you want to hold off on a potential Pentagon and Matanza match, you had cage win that gift of the gods. Instead of him saying, I'm getting your brother next week. You say, I'm getting your brother at Ultima Lucha. And you have like six weeks to build it up. Six episodes to build it up, you know, and you can have Dario try to stack the deck against him, try to, you know, make him defend his title every week. And, you know, Cage just keeps, you know, handling business and you set up a monster mash at Ultima Lucha Dos. And they didn't do that, but uh, it, it, to me, it was a viable option and they chose to go elsewhere. I'm going to say that it's actually more than a viable option mm-hmm. because I I completely agree with you in that, and I completely agree with you that Pentagon doesn't need the match against Matanza unless he's going to win. Yeah, which he may or may not. Which but... he may or may not, but it's just like if if I were to if you were to book, let's say you were to book Pentagon to come back, win his first match, and then win the second match to get the title shot. Yeah, would you also then book him to lose to Matanza when he's already lost to him like within a month? I would say probably not. No. For your for basically your WrestleMania, or is there other matches to have with Matanza? Yeah, well, look, I mean, and I think it'll be pretty obvious, you know, by the way they set the match up, you know, having Pentagon, you know, take someone else's spot and win the like help win the match and everything. Like, it's <sighs> Matanza's match at Ultima Lucha Dose isn't even the main event of the season finale. Like, you have something, like, if you're like, well, that's not big enough for Ultima Lucha. It's one, who are you competing against? It's, you know, you're entirely funded by El Rey Network. Like, you're just fine until season four. Um, <laughs> second, you've already got, spoiler alert, and I think it's pretty obvious by the finish of this main event, you've got your main event for Ultima Lucha Dose, and it's going to be a banger. And you know what I'm talking about, I assume. Yes, I remember that. Exactly. Exactly. You you know, you don't necessarily have to throw out your A++. You know what I'm saying? But 
they thought otherwise. They thought, hey, we need to basically hotshot this, quite frankly. And I'm going to say it, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but it doesn't pay off, in my yeah. opinion. If I remember, and we could be, it could be one of those things where I eat my words again, where I'm like, wow, I was completely wrong. But yeah. there were certain, season two is when it starts having, not often, but it starts having things that just do not land. It's yeah. Like we talked about Matanza's finisher. Like it's, I liked Matanza's matches upon a rewatch, but the finish, the, the tour yeah. of the islands is not a good finisher. Yeah. Well, there's one particular episode in season three that actually lost them a lot of viewers. And I think I know, you know, which one I'm talking about. I actually don't, but we can talk about it off the air. We'll talk about it off the air. Yeah. Either way. Um, Folks, we're going to grade the episode now. Um, Despite my little critique there of the product this season, this episode was fine. I'm going to give it a we go letter grade. Yeah. Sorry, it's been how long since we've recorded. Um, (laughs) I'm going to give this a C plus. You know, I can't go high praise, but there wasn't anything truly offensive about this episode other than the Black Lotus crap. I'm going to give you I'm going to give it the same grade because, as I stated earlier, I don't think I was in the right mood to watch this. I just kind of had to before before we recorded today. And I like to I kind of pride us on the fact that we haven't missed an airing. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I think it's also a combination of watching all the other wrestling. That's great. Um, You watch too much of anything and eventually you're you know, you're you're, what you need is you need a higher dose. You need a higher dosage. Uh, a better fix, but I, I think the main event I did like, so I'm going to give it a C plus as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned you know you watch too much of anything, you might get desensitized. I had a buddy who, okay, so women's college world series, so softball. He goes watches like three days worth of you know the peak of softball athletes, and you know softball is a much faster paced game than baseball. Well, the day after the tournament's over, I say, hey, buddy, you want to go to this drillers game? They're a minor league team. Well, he's like, okay. And the whole time he's just bitching because, well, one, the drillers were getting, you know, mollywopped until like the eighth inning. They did uh, end up coming back. But anyway, he's like, yeah, you know, it's like it was torture trying to watch that game after watching so much great softball. And uh, it's kind of similar, you know, different um, sport, obviously, but similar, uh, similar narrative. Yeah, it it it's it can be, it can definitely affect how you feel about things if you watch, you know, too much of anything. I watched the newest Dune that came out, and I liked it. Yeah. But it is two and a half hours long, and I tried to watch it again recently, like shortly after watching it, and I had to turn it. Even though I enjoy it, I had to turn it yeah. off when it got to a certain point because I knew the pacing I was in store for for the next couple segments. I was like, I don't really want to watch this next part. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, my man. Fair enough. Hey, folks, that is going to be this episode. We thank you for listening. Oh, also, I, I forgot to mention at the top, check them out every Wednesday night after Dynamite for Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. That is a hero movie-based podcast that I am on. You know, subscribe on whatever you subscribe on. Apple, um, Podcast Addict, uh, Spotify. I think we're on Spotify. Uh, whatever, wh- Whatever you want. It's all good either way. We thank you for listening. And, you know, sometimes if you hot shot angles too much, your show might suffer grave consequences.